Welcome to the Old School Meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. This meeting was born online, and it's going to stay that way. That means you can attend live on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 Pacific if you'd like to. Go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. I'm Peter, a compulsive overeater, and thank you, Jack, for uh, having me here today. Um, and wow, so I got to squeeze this into 18 minutes. And I'd say one of the things that um, I feel right now is just total gratitude. Just to give you some numbers, um, I'm 56. Uh, July 4th weekend, coming up in about a week and a half. Uh, it will be the 38th year that I started going to meetings. I started the meetings in 1983, uh, July 4th weekend in Washington, D.C. And with the exception of about a six-year period of time from about 1997 to 2001, 2002, somewhere in there, um, I've been going to meetings on a weekly basis. So um, I have 15 years abstinence. I had 15 years abstinence, decided to do some research, gained 70 pounds, did the research, uh, <laughs> and uh, decided that, you know, the only time I didn't have a problem with food and my weight was stable was when I was in OA. And uh, it's kind of strange how that happened. So I decided to do what worked and really reluctantly came back after I tried everything else. and. Um, and I have 15 years abstinence again. And so I would say the thing that, um, you know, what it was like, everything's about food. I love food. I live for food. I grew up in an extremely chaotic childhood. Food soothed me. It was my friend. It was my companion. Um, and I became very large as a young kid. Uh, I was what they used to call husky. It's not a word you hear anymore, but it was a word in the 60s, husky. And there was even husky jeans, and I had to wear husky jeans. I hated husky jeans. I wanted something else, but I had husky jeans. Um, and I was always on a diet. I was always 10 pounds, 15 pounds, too heavy for my height. And the doctor was always saying, you've got to lose weight. And it just never happened. So... But I was obsessed with food and thought about it all the time. I picked my friends in the neighborhood based upon what their mothers would bake and have in their house when I went over there to play. Um, very strategic. Uh, so my whole social life revolved around food from about the age of four on. Um, and so I am definitely a compulsive overeater. When I hear people share, I relate. I really, it's unbelievable. I wish I didn't relate. But I do. And, you know, as my sponsor says, these are your people. And I go, I don't want them to be my people. He goes, you don't have a choice. These are your people. You're like them and they're like you. And I finally come to realize that and, and love that and love that fact. Um, you know, I, um, I struggled with food my entire life. And, um, when I went, I went away to college and of course put on the freshman 15 in about 10 minutes. And I remember coming back for first semester, uh, winter break 
I couldn't fit into any of my clothes. I had one pair of jeans that fit. And I remember at the time, I just starved myself for about three days to fit into something because I had to go out to dinner uh, with my father. My parents were divorced, so I spent Christmas Eve with my father and Christmas Day with my mother. And I, I couldn't fit into the clothes. So I remember starving myself and being in a bad mood. And he said at dinner, he goes, you know what your problem is? Because your man, I was like, oh, yeah, what, what's my problem? You know, <laughs> when I'm 18, you know, with a very sarcastic attitude, he goes, you're a compulsive overeater. That's what your problem is. And you need to go to OA. I started going to this program. You need to go. And I was like, um, okay, sounds good. And I promptly did not listen to anything else he said about it. Um, and then, you know, went through another semester, lost the weight with a crazy diet. And, you know, it was crazy because I, all my roommates knew I wanted to get abstinent. So when I went to the dining hall, I went with them. And I said, can I have this? Can I have that? Can I have seconds? And they would tell me what I could have and not have. It's kind of like a food sponsor. I turned my will and my food over to them, and they made my food decisions. And lo and behold, I lost weight. Little did I know that had something to do uh, that I'd run into that later on. Uh, I went to my first meeting in uh, July 4th weekend, 1983, in Washington, D.C. And, um, you know, it it didn't speak to me. Um, I went back to another meeting later on, and I heard people talking about feelings. And they were able to talk about emotions in a way that I could not. They They were able to give voice and words to what I was feeling, but I could never express on my own. And I was stunned that I could hear that. And that's really where I, where I knew this is the place for me. And so I started coming to meetings. I did not get abstinent at first. It took a long time for me to get abstinent. I did not get abstinent until 1986. So that was three years. Uh, for me, um, I would get drunk and then order three pizzas. So, I had to deal with the drinking thing, and 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 I said, well, you know, if I ever binge while drinking, I'll stop drinking. Well, that was a lie. So it was only after I stopped drinking and binging that I got abstinent, and that was in 1986. And at that time, I moved to France because it sounded like a good idea, and I started going to OA in Paris, and I spent two years there, and I got a really great foundation. So. If you want to know the program works, getting abstinent in Paris was not a difficult thing. It really was very easy. How? Well, if I wanted cheese, I had to go into the cheese shop. If I wanted bread, I had to walk into the bread shop. If I wanted chocolate, I'd have to walk into the chocolate shop. And if I didn't need want, if none of those things were on my food plan, then I didn't walk into the shop and buy it. It was really simple. And so uh, that's basically how I um, worked things, and we came up with a food plan. It was much more food than I ever imagined. But my sponsor said, well, you've been yo-yoing and dieting for so many years. You don't know what it's like to eat stable amount of food day in and day out. You'll lose weight. You'll be fine. And I was. I was really stunned. And so I began working the steps, working the steps, countless inventories, um, you know, at the time, I don't think there were any workbooks, but talking about the program and doing inventories 
and trying to figure out how to make this thing work. And I couldn't quite make it work. And that was the problem. I was trying to make it work. And I think what happens is I do the steps. There's a philosophy. There's a way of living. It talks about it in the in the 12 and 12. It talks about it in the big book, and we hear it in the meetings. And it's about letting go. And I figured, well, there's some formula like there is with food. At the time, I started out on gray sheet. So I figured, okay, well, there's something like that. And if I just do the steps in a particular way, then everything will work out. Well, the way I thought everything would work out would mean I get my way. Isn't that working out? Uh, I didn't understand that God's will might mean pain. God's will might mean, no, I don't get the job. God's will might mean, no, I don't get that apartment. You know, I, you know, I was shocked. I'm like, well, maybe this thing isn't working. And what I had to come to find out was, is that my plan was not working. I had to give up the plan. I, I, I couldn't even go to a higher powers plan because I was going to manipulate that. So I had to learn to let go and just go with the flow. And when I went with the flow, amazing things happened. I mean, just amazing things. And uh, in, in ways I couldn't plan. Came back to the United States because the reality of it was if I didn't come back, it would have been I wouldn't. It, it was the thing to do and started going to meetings and doing that, you know, and fast forward, um, you know, I was in a car accident. Uh, I was in an incredible amount of pain, physical therapy, working, newly married, a lot of stress. And um, I tried to do it all. And I slowly began to put on weight from all that stress and physical pain and not exercising and sitting behind a desk for the first time. And I didn't have anyone to talk to. I couldn't find a sponsor. Uh, I had moved around from Paris to Washington, D.C., to Philadelphia, to Los Angeles. Yeah, Philly, there weren't a lot of people, you know. Okay, can't quite find a sponsor. D.C., L.A., you know, if you're in Los Angeles, and you can't find a sponsor, you're not looking. Uh, that's the reality of the situation. But I didn't have that one person I could talk to. And so I didn't talk to people. And I was getting, you know, I was still abstinent. I was celebrating 10, 12, 14 years. I couldn't imagine leaving away. This was my life. But I was slowly putting on weight. And I began to think, okay, this isn't working. Something's wrong. But I wouldn't talk to anybody. And I slowly drifted away from the program, thinking this doesn't work. And so um started having the fake sugar. And someone said, oh, well, that's horrible. You might as well just have the real sugar. And I was like, oh, okay. So I had the real sugar. Uh, 70 pounds later, um, I remember seeing a doctor. My father had dropped dead of a heart attack. And they said, um, you're, you have... 100% chance of a heart attack. You're going to have one. Now, the question is, is it next year or is it in 20 years? Well, the choice is yours. Uh, you got to lose 70 pounds, start running marathons. I'm like, well, how do I lose the weight? He goes, I don't care. You're just going to lose the weight. We're going to try some new programs and some new drugs. I got into this experimental program at UCLA and um, began doing this regimen. And it was... Um, Interesting. And uh, I lost the weight. 
ran marathons, hurt my leg, and I knew I was going to gain the weight back. And I began to think, you know, the only time I didn't have a problem was when I was in OA. So I came back, came back to the kitchen sink on Saturday morning, and I saw all the same people. They were still there six years later. And I was like, oh, and, and in the room was a guy that I had sponsored in Philadelphia years before, 15 years before. And I had no idea that he had moved out to Los Angeles. And so that was my sign. Okay, I'm supposed to be here. And uh, started going to meetings again, got a sponsor immediately. I figured he was too strict, but I needed a sponsor. And um, he's been fantastic, and he's been my sponsor since for the last 15 years. You know, why am I still here? You know, that's a big question, especially after this pandemic. I'll tell you, um, there was a thing in the paper today, Wall Street Journal, about the explosion of eating disorders right now, especially with young people and how it's happening. And they talked about the isolation. And, you know, and I, it was the first time I thought about it. And I said, gee, the idea that I wouldn't have had to gone out of my house for a year, I could have worn sweatpants, not seen anybody, maybe be on Zoom, make it a little blurry, and I could have binged my brains out for the last 15 months. What a perfect thing for a compulsive overeater to do. And yet I didn't do that. I showed up on Zoom calls. I, I called my sponsor. I stayed absent. I exercised. Uh, I worked out with a trainer out in the, you know, in the park. Uh, I, I, I met with people, you know, in small groups here and there in the program. There's a couple of guys that we get together occasionally. And the idea of going home, putting on the sweats, not coming out for 15 months, and just binging my brains out never crossed my mind. That is why I still come to OA today. Because that thought never entered my mind until I read about it in the paper today. And I thought, oh, my God. That's the miracle. My, 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 my thinking has been changed. I don't want to say my thinking has changed because I didn't think I didn't change it. My thinking has been changed as a result of being around people in OA coming to the Zoom meetings, um, having a history of being in meetings before then, and working the steps. And all that working the steps has done is help me to reorient, reorient my thinking. That's all. And, um, you know, I can be an optimist today. I can believe that the world is not going to collapse, that, you know, I don't wake up and think, okay, what's going to go wrong today? That's the way I used to think before I came into OA. And today, I don't. Now, have I had some tough times? Yes. The last six months has been incredibly difficult for me. I mean, it's really been a mystery to me. Uh, I really struggled with some deep depression. Finally decided to look at therapy, and that has been very, very helpful. Um, it's another tool in the toolbox. and um, But still staying involved with OA. And, you know, here I am today. Um, people around me don't know I'm in OA. The people who work for me don't know I'm in OA. Um, I have a guy who worked for me, and he just goes, God, you eat better than anyone I know. And I'm just like, okay. And, um, you know, and because and I don't have sugar, and it's not a big deal, I, I stay away from bread. If I'm going to have some bread, the deal I have with my sponsor is I'll, I'll text him or call him and just say, look, in fact, I did it over the weekend. I said, no, Sunday I'm going to have a bagel. 
Three minutes you know, left. I, thank you. And that seems to work because I found I just was eating a lot of bread about a year and a half ago. And it was the one thing I didn't want to give up. And so we went back and forth and he said, well, just call me. So about once every month or two, I may call or text him and say, I'm going to have, you know, this. I'm going to have some pasta for dinner. I'm going somewhere. It's not a big deal. And it's really not a factor in my life anymore. I'm not beholden to that food. And I have a sense of freedom today. And and that is fantastic. The thing that I have to deal with today is, you know, I'll be 57 in a couple of months. Um, I probably am about three pounds heavier, four pounds heavier than I was at the beginning of the pandemic. I haven't weighed myself in a while, but um, but nothing fits. And my sponsor's like, well, that's being 57. <laughs> that's not three or four pounds. And it, you know, I got to tell you, it now, the, and I understand what he means by the number on the scale is meaningless. It's meaningless. Uh, and so I'm thinking, well, do I have to lose even more weight for these clothes to fit? Or is this a function of age? And this is something I have to accept. So, you know, I'm still doing what I'm doing. I'm adjusting my food plan in small ways to talk to my sponsor. I'm still exercising. Yeah, do I, but I'm, you know, eventually I may have to do something with some of the clothes. And that's just a function of age. You know, I came in at 18. I'm 57. Uh, I've grown up here. You know, OA has given me my life. That's the thing that I like to focus in on is it has given me a life. And you know what it's done also? It's also created a stable life. I work in an industry where 95% of the people leave within five years. Um, I've been there 29 years. And I've been in the same house for 16 years. I've been in the same relationship for 32 years. Um, that's stability. You know? Um, I wouldn't get that without the 12 steps. I wouldn't get that without recovery. Um, you know, I lived in 15 different places in three different countries and four cities in my first five years of recovery. So <laughs> that's not stability. So I, I, I owe OA my life. I owe the 12 steps my life. And Zan, thank you for creating this old school meeting way back in March. I think it's a lovely idea. It's great to see so many faces on here that I know so well. And I'm just so grateful for all of you to be here virtually for me during what I think for everyone has been just a life-changing, strange time. And I'm glad that we're, at least in Los Angeles, seem to be coming out of this slowly now and hopefully getting back to uh, a more normal life. But thank you, everyone.